The passage that we're about to hear might be one of the better known passages of Scripture in the Bible. The story of the Good Samaritan is one that many of us learned when we were little kids. And just like the, the girl during the children's sermon, she learned it in first grade. I'm sure many of us have done that same thing. It's a passage that's preached about often. But the problem with passages that we're familiar with and that are preached about often and that are easy to understand is that a lot of times we read through them a little bit too quickly and we miss the various nuances and intricacies of what Jesus is saying. This is a passage that's preached about a lot and almost every time that I've heard it preached, the preacher focuses on one of two people. They either focus on the lawyer that's trying to test Jesus or they focus on the Good Samaritan. Almost every time there's a key person in the story that the pastor neglects to mention. This character only gets a short cameo appearance in the story, but he may very well be one of the most important characters in this parable to understanding what Jesus is doing. And it's not the Good Samaritan. I almost missed it when I first read this passage this week, so see if you can recognize the man that nobody remembers as we read Luke 10, 25 through 37. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But he, but he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. The word of the Lord. Who is the forgotten man? It has to be the priest, right? The priest is only mentioned once in this story. He doesn't seem to play a huge role except for the fact that he totally neglects the job that he's been appointed by God to fulfill, to care for the people. But that can't be. The priest gets a lot of attention in Sunday school and other times in Bible studies in the church. We're not supposed to be like the priest, right? That's what we always hear. Don't be like the priest. Don't walk on by. Maybe the forgotten man is the Levite. He only gets mentioned once as well. Levites weren't priests. They were from the tribe of Levi, but they weren't descendants of Aaron. So they were more like certified lay speakers in the church or chairs of the various outreach committees in the church. And they fulfilled the various ministries of caring for those in need. Sounds to me like the Levite completely neglected his calling too. But is the Levite really the forgotten man? 
We might not remember the name of the Levite. We might not always remember that it's the Levite that passed by. But we at least remember that there was a second person that walked by on the other side of the road. The Levite isn't the man that nobody remembers. The other two people in the story don't seem to fit the bill at all either. The beaten man and the good Samaritan get talked about pretty frequently. But there's one other character at the end of the parable. He gets mentioned just as much or as little, depending on how you're looking at it, as the priest and the Levite. But he just doesn't get the airtime that the rest of the characters in this parable get. And I think the reason for this is because we don't really know what he did. It's clear that the beaten man gets beaten and robbed. It's clear that the priest and Levite are more concerned with remaining ritually clean and pure than actually living into the spirit of the law and helping a man in great distress. It's even clear that the good Samaritan chose to put himself in danger in order to help the beaten man. But we never hear the response that the innkeeper gives to the good Samaritan's request. Take care of him. And whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Innkeepers were not good people. Most of them were actually a lot like the original disciples before they started following Jesus. They were smelly, they were dishonest, they would lie and cheat and steal to get every bit of money they could out of their guests. Inns were not safe places to stay. This wasn't a Holiday Inn Express or the Hilton. This was a place that you would sleep with one eye open. Because many innkeepers would beat and rob their guests at night. As dangerous as it was in the inn, it was even more dangerous to be outside in the open. So people would take the chance, and they would stay in these inns, but they despised the innkeepers because of the inflated nightly rates and because they would always have to sleep with one eye open, never getting any real rest. It's interesting that the Good Samaritan would bring a man so badly injured to a place like this. But he did. And the innkeeper had a decision to make. At first, knowing this background of how terrible innkeepers were, it seemed like it would be an easy choice for this guy. This beaten man has no money. He's already been robbed. I can't do any more to rob him. I don't know how long he's going to be here. I, don't, I know that at most I'm only going to get what this Samaritan has given to me for provisions. If I kick this man out after the Samaritan leaves, I can rent this room to somebody else and get eight times that much. Why would he do what the Samaritan has asked him to do? You see, Jews and Samaritans hated one another. It was a hatred that went back for centuries. The Samaritans didn't, in the eyes of the Jews, worship properly or have the right bloodline. Tom Long, preaching professor at the Candler School of Theology, says that the beaten man would have viewed the Good Samaritan the same way that we would view a member of Al-Qaeda. He would have been hated. He would not have been trusted. This beaten man was almost certainly Jewish. He probably didn't even want the Samaritan's help. So if you were the innkeeper, would you believe that the Samaritan would return to pay for the charges incurred by this hated enemy? Would you come back to pay the medical and hotel bills of a beaten member of Al-Qaeda. This simple story just got a lot more complex. There are personal differences that complicate it. There are cultural differences that complicate it. There are historical differences that complicate it. All of a sudden, this doesn't seem like such a neat and tidy answer to the lawyer's question. And who is my neighbor, Jesus? 
The lawyer wanted to catch Jesus, to find a thread to pull apart his teachings. And so he asked a question and wanted an easy answer. And Jesus responds with a complicated parable and a a trick question of his own. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robber? The obvious answer is the Good Samaritan. But the lawyer's hatred for the Samaritan will not let the word Samaritan cross his lips. And so he falls into Jesus' trap of love. Jesus knew he couldn't say the obvious, but the lawyer instead says the one who showed him mercy. He brings the innkeeper back into play. The innkeeper wasn't even one of the options, but the neighbor can't be the priest or the Levite who passed by the beaten man. And if the lawyer refuses to label the Good Samaritan as the neighbor, there's only one person left. The man nobody remembers. The innkeeper. Each of us can only be one of the two people in this parable. If you've never been carried to the door of grace by Jesus Christ, you are the beaten man or woman, wounded in the middle of nowhere. You've been caught by robbers who have stopped you in your tracks. You've been beaten and spat upon. You've been drained of all you have by life. Whatever it may be, you are as low as you can possibly go. People have passed by you that you thought would reach out and help. People have looked down at you while you were on the ground and stared into your eyes and said, I'm glad I'm not you. And just when you think you can't take another breath, just when you're about to run out of hope, just when you are about to draw your final breath to utter one last cry to God, Jesus kneels down beside you. He takes His tunic and He wipes the blood from your eyes and He whispers into your ear, I've heard your prayer. It's going to be all right. I love you, my child. Take my hand. We're going to go get you some much-needed rest. As hated and despised as the Good Samaritan is, as much as you might rather him walk right on by as well, he can't do that because he made you and because he loves you. And so despite the fact that others who should have helped refuse to do so, you will know that God loves you as as if you were His only creation. Because He has seen you on the ground. And He has reached out to you. And because you have been loved by this man who is despised by so many, you will never be the same again. And you will never be able to look at others the same again either. If you have experienced God's love at any point in your life, you know how special it is. You know how it gives you the feeling that you are worth so much. Yet you know that there's nothing you could have done to earn that. This is God's grace that has restored your dignity and allowed you to continue to get up from the ground when you stumble and gives you the strength to bring God's light into very dark places of the world. If this is you, you are the innkeeper. You are the person in the story that nobody remembers. But you are also the one with the choice to make. Will you be the one to show mercy? Will you be the one who has been transformed by the love of Christ and do what other innkeepers refuse to do? Will you take care of Him and use what you have been given to care for those who can't care for themselves? There's no guarantee that you will be repaid. There's not even a guarantee that this good Samaritan will even come back. This is a decision of faith. Do we trust in what we've been told? Do we believe that Jesus loves us enough to repay us? 
for all the charges that we've rung up? Do we believe His grace is worth enough to pay for your sins and mine? See, this is a familiar story. But it's good to go back and examine what Jesus is really saying. He is the Good Samaritan. But this isn't a story that's primarily focused on Christians being the Good Samaritan. This is a story about Christians realizing that we have been transformed and remade into the image of Christ so that we might do what is contrary to what the world expects. We're a bunch of innkeepers. Innkeepers aren't the best of people. Most people aren't going to expect you to get it right. After all, innkeepers have done a lot of damage. In fact, many innkeepers have chosen to exploit the alien traveler, not provided a safe haven of warmth and hospitality, but causing those travelers to be skeptical and to sleep with one eye open. This is the reality of the world in which we live. But like it or not, Jesus is going to keep bringing broken, battered, and robbed travelers to your door. How will you respond? Will you take the resources you have been given and then kick the traveler out when Jesus leaves? Or will you take care of him? Will you use the resources Jesus has provided and will you trust that if it costs more than what you've been given, that God will provide for that too? As you go back out into the world today, look around for those who have been taken advantage of. And if the Good Samaritan brings someone to your door, Will you be just another rotten innkeeper? Or will you open your door and say, I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting for you to arrive. There's a room for you. Welcome home. Amen.